I'm Christy Gupton, and I'm an Employee Benefits Advisor. Welcome to Healthcare Solutions, a podcast where we explore innovations in healthcare, cost containment strategies, and employee well-being. We'll discuss every way possible to turn our healthcare system back into the kind of environment where patient care comes first and costs go down as a result. I invite you to join me to hashtag Let's Fix Healthcare. Today's episode features Carl Schusler, founder of Mitigate Partners and creator of the Fair Cost Health Plan. Currently in America, rural health is in jeopardy. Small community hospitals and health centers are closing all around us, but Carl is on a mission to help them create a brighter future for themselves. And thank goodness he is, because they're a very important part of community health care. Listen here as Carl, my friend and very good colleague, talks about how he is helping a small Florida hospital remake itself from the inside out. Carl, thanks for joining us today. You've got such an interesting story that you're living through right now because you've tackled what I think has to be one of the hardest types of cases to tackle, and that is a hospital system um, that not only has some of their own issues, but was just poorly managed for a long time. And and I just want to grab the story from you and get your perspective and what you noticed the, the problems were that you encountered and how you're starting to work through those on behalf of this new client of yours. So get us started just by saying, you know, just recant some of the story for us and then we'll go from there. Okay. Well, Chris, it's good to be here. Thanks for taking the time to uh, allow me to get on this great podcast we're doing. Um, let's see. We started with the hospital, I guess it was right after Thanksgiving in 2017 when we met them and we were introduced by another one of our partners that is in Florida who had introduced us to the direct primary care uh, doctor Lee Gross who's one of the most well-known DPCs in the country and uh, that's how we all kind of got started. Lee was looking for something like this 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 fair cost health plan that we have that we can talk about a little bit later mm-hmm. that would fit with what they were trying to do and be able to integrate DPC in it. The other challenge was, as you know, there's over 450 hospitals in the country. The rural hospitals are struggling. Just in Georgia alone, we've lost seven. And so this was a hospital that it was February of 2018. They lost their obstetrics, their OB practice. They can't deliver babies there anymore. So another hospital, mm-hmm. about 45 minutes, took that from them. It's just from an affordability standpoint. And probably 80% plus of the patients they treat are Medicaid. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the it's the fourth poorest county in the state of Florida. The per capita income is $25,040. Wow. So they had a lot of struggles when you looked at that. And they have a lot of care going outside the county to some of the tertiary hospitals. And they also operate in, in what Florida is the, from our research, people argue Texas and California, but um, you won't find any more expensive health care than the, than the state of Florida and the country. And you have hospitals around there operating a thousand plus percent markups. I mean, we've had colonoscopies coming at 20 grand. What? We've had, <laughs> uh, 
one case about five months ago, there was a 5,000% markup compared to Medicare. Gosh. Um, so what was happening is this hospital was, lo- they have to send their own employees to different hospitals because they can't do everything there. Sure. But they also score very high. They're very safe, very great, good hospital. And they're also doing some interesting medical tourism things for that they can do and have people come down to that region. But um, they are limited in what they do. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I've made the the point to certain people, um, of course, most of it falls on deaf ears, but I've certainly thought that the the rural hospital, the you know, the local community hospital, maybe even a critical access type hospital, they're all struggling, that is true, but many of them haven't learned yet how to think outside their own box and how to accentuate their own schedule of services and reach out to the greater community that they're in, not just individuals, you know, one patient at a time, but even by reaching out to the employer community. I think we're going to talk about that in a few minutes, but one of the things that they have to do first is get their own house in order, and you're helping them with that. Right. Now, that's well said. They they also, just to make clear when I told you 80% plus the population was Medicaid or indigent or whatever term you want to use, they are also, what's con- that makes them a dish hospital, which means disproportionate mm-hmm. share because of that. So they do have some eligibility for 340B drug programs we'll talk about a little bit later. But so, yes, that, that, that is correct. We, they, we walked in, they were using UMR as their TPA. And for those out there, UMR is United Healthcare's private label TPA. Uh, the cartel trying to hide their names, and uh, of course, with UMR, they got the United Healthcare Network, and of course, they got Optum, you know, uh, the, <laughs> right. the PBM with it. Shocking, huh? Mm-hmm. And so, as we look through all of this and study the data, it was very evident from a, from the utilization management, disease management, and case management standpoint, UMR had done a horrible job managing this risk and uh, through the process we identified I guess 77 people Mm -hmm. that needed some extra attention Mm -hmm. out of the group and we got the claims data right when we got hired we used the UMR claims data which is not as good as the data we'll have going forward starting this uh, January but we identified 77 people and we stratified the risk 24 of them fell into lifestyle management those are people that may have hypertension, some other things like that. And then if they have uh, something as serious as diabetes or going forward, they are identified in disease management. There were 34 of those. And then we have the last category that we call chronic condition monitoring or chronic condition management, where there are 19 of those identified who will have a peripheral given to them. The employer pays for this 100%. So if you're diabetic, you get your test strips for free. You get a glucometer for free. You get things like that. If you're having heart issues, you can have heart monitors. All of these things are given to them at no cost to them. So it'll make their life better. Take down all those barriers. Right. And we know, we've talked about uh, what can you learn from George Costanza about healthcare is do the opposite. Why are we charging these people for diabetic test strips who who most of them don't have the money to take these, to get the strips and to take the medications they need? Mm Mm-hmm. Why are we doing that? So what we've done here is remove the barriers, and I've got 77 people we identified. Through the process, we think by we made the hospital their own PBM, 
So they became their own PBM through a mutual friend of ours we Mm -hmm. both know. That's a really important piece of this story. That's right. And that was the savings there, their their spend on their pharmacy for the the past 12 months when we got hired was Mm $438,000. And we feel like they will save about $375,000. So they're getting their drugs for what is that? Uh, um, do the math. It's like on a seventy-five percent. Yeah, so discount. they're paying a hundred, a little over a hundred thousand dollars for the drugs they're using. Yeah. Instead of four hundred thirty-eight, so there's a lot of money there, and we think uh, projection will save them in totality. We hope about seven hundred thousand the first year on mm. a two million dollar claim spend, and the whole reference-based pricing concept that everyone's talking about. We'll get to that, but that's not really where the savings is coming from here. Uh-huh. And we okay. can get to that. Good, good. You know, one of the things that I dealt with in my, my own health challenges was that I got to the point of being unsuccessful in my own self-management that I, I didn't want to go to the doctor anymore because I didn't want to have that same sinking feeling that I didn't improve over the last 90 day period, you know, and um, I can imagine that just having better, more frequent care in a more nurturing environment where employees felt like they weren't being chastised so much as they were being um, supported and, and direct primary care, bringing that right into the hospital is such a huge piece of that you know, making it completely accessible, part of the plan, and not something that they have to um, wait 90 days or, or um, you know, you, you, there's just that whole dynamic where you change the whole outlook on primary care to something that is a partnership between physician right. and, and employee as opposed to oh, I got to go back to the doctor today and get more blood work and listen to them you know, rail on me because my, my blood sugars weren't better this time or whatever the case may be. So I remember when I was having my own struggles with my own healthcare challenges, I got to the point after being so unsuccessful with it that I just didn't want to go to the doctor anymore because I knew I was going to get that same lecture about not eating right or this, that, or the other. But you did something unique, something I wish I would have had in my own life at that time. You went ahead and brought direct primary care right into the workspace and integrated that right into the benefit plan design. Talk about that some. Right. The unique thing about this whole uh, case and client is, think about it, Chrissy, they're a hospital. They have doctors on staff. They decided to put direct primary care into their plan, even though they're a hospital. So I think that's unique in itself. I think it also points out that they saw a a great value in having DPC, and there is a shortage of doctors in that little little county. So Lee Gross, having gotten to know him and having him bring us to the table there, along with the other gentlemen, we were able to do this deal together and... And we offer two plans. There are 157 employees that are on the plan right now. We offer two plans, DPC and Mm non-DPC. And the final numbers were right around uh, 80% took the DPC, and we think that'll go up. I'm not going to go into that right now, but there's something we're doing a little different to allow people to cover a 
spouse, but not themselves and the kids. And we're working through that as an exception. So it'll be a little bit higher, but so it's about 80%. The first month they saw 108 patients. Wow. Out of that group, which was just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And the outreach and what's happened, they already have a couple of quick stories they had somebody that had been taking Percocet for 15 years Sheesh. that they identified. And we'd already identified we had some opioid issues in this group. Um, I think we found there were 224 scripts for 4,405 days for 17,000 pills that we found as one of our high-performance solution partners that mm -hmm. you know about that we studied the data that we, we learned that. So there was issues there that we're trying to address as well, but... Lee and them found a person, like I said, was taking Percocet for 15 years. They met with them. They got them to agree to get off of the medicine. They brought the spouse in, had a come-to-Jesus meeting, mm -hmm. and then they fired the pain doctor, and now that person's on a road to recovery. That would never have happened in a traditional environment because no one has that much time to spend with the patient. Mm -hmm. So the direct primary care was huge there. The other thing they're doing that even the hospital found unique is I'm a perfect example. I'm 51. I need to have a colonoscopy done, but I haven't ordered it yet. So when I went to my primary care visit, um, they never gave me an order for it. They never, I just need to get it done. When you meet with their office, and it's, a, it's called Epiphany uh, Health Direct Primary Care, when you go there, they are scheduling the meeting on the spot for your colonoscopy. So you're mm -hmm. not walking out of there without the next step being done. Right. You're getting an image done. You need some MRI. They're doing it. You need to meet a specialist. They're doing it. So it's the most proactive approach I've ever seen. And even the hospital said much of the of their physicians are not always, you know, doing that. So it's it's extremely different than yeah. anything we've seen. So already some great stories from it. Yeah. You know, you you come to it with a lot of preconceived notions or at least I do, you think healthcare workers, they've got the best healthcare right at their fingertips, right? So preconceived notion number one. And then, um, you know, in a group of 157 employees, you think that's, that's not big enough to have all these problems. Hey, wrong again. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I know it's quite a process um, to get from point A to point B, where are you now? You, you might be at point C or D, but, but just talk about where you are now. You're, what, six, eight months into your consultancy with them. So talk about where you are now and what's coming up. Okay. We got hired in August. Okay. And, um, our, you know, we were kind of put in a difficult position because the way the administrative service agreement with you read with you and more thankfully we caught it we only had a very short time to act so we we put them on notice that they were getting fired uh <laughs> at the end of the year we had to move the pbm from optum to this to this own private label pbm where the hospital is their pbm effective october 1st so we had to do that we had to also the the prior broker had had the stop loss renew in October instead of January. So we had all these all nuances over the place. <laughs> that were just crazy. Yeah. And we were able to save them with our fair cost health plan, $150,000 on their stop loss premium out of the gate, which was remarkable. 
But as we started, our goal was to get the, the PBM change, and then we started the Fair Cost Health Plan effective January 1. So I think what you're referencing is this whole community health plan idea. Mm-hmm. And the things that we've seen that we talked about earlier is people move to communities for three reasons, jobs, education, and health care. And when health care dries up in these communities, the town dries up. Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing we want to happen here. Right. So this hospital will have hopefully so much more money in its war chest that they can do a lot more and provide even better care and more care to the community, maybe add some physicians and do more at that hospital. Absolutely. But our goal is to outreach to the, to the schools, mm-hmm. the county, and the city and mm-hmm. try to bring them in to this community health plan, if you will. And as we like to say, this is it really about community-built health care instead of insurer-built health care and have the community have ownership and try to keep all the dollars local. Right. We will, uh, our uh, pharmacy or our, our, our prescription drug program through through the Fair Cost plant, Health Plan is built where we have handpicked a local pharmacy that we're partnering with mm-hmm. and really supporting that local pharmacist. I think the, the community pharmacists are significant in the care of the, of the individuals. Sure. And so we've done that, and we will have a higher copay that the members will pay for tier one, tier two, tier three drugs if they go to the cartel members, Walgreens, CVS, you know, all those at Walmart, they'll pay more money to go there. So we want to, in that 15 to $20 differential, we'll right. get their attention and they'll There's go. steerage there. That's right. right. So we take care of them. But it's all about getting what I call the local care team, the, the physician, the direct primary care doctor, any specialist, any other physicians, and the uh, pharmacist mm-hmm. and, the, and the patient all working together without interference from the insurance company or a third-party administrator like UMR mm-hmm. that's part of United Healthcare. It's disintermediating all those layers. So now there is a direct, I call it the love triangle, right. of, of care for that member. I've, I've said for a long time that even larger employers who you would think have the most leverage and the best case scenario to, to really um, shake things up and do it right. But even the large employers have so many pieces of their plan in these non-integrated silos that they're paying extra for, like wellness programs and disease management and on-site clinics and all these other things that are just the dollars are multiplied and, and what they're their, what that costs the employer. But what you've done is streamlined pretty much all of that mess. <laughs> Got rid of all the middle people. Right. All of, all of that, um, all of those intermediaries piling up the cost on that employer. And it only took a group with 157 employees to get it done. Hey, kudos, man, for <laughs> figuring out how to um, get rid of all that red tape and actually create better care. For those 157 employees and what the future holds is that the entire community starts to benefit from what you've done so that all the outlying employers who can maybe have a schedule of services that this hospital can do on a ter- direct pay cash upfront, you know direct agreement where even the local employers can start saving money just by utilizing this resource in their community that maybe they had undervalued un- until you get to the point where you can help them market that. 
Right. Do you want me to talk about a few of the different things we're doing inside of the Fair Cost platform? Totally. So a couple of recent success stories that we had. Um, we had two member two uh, members that were in their third trimester of pregnancy, mm. and they were going to one of the other hospitals that is benefiting hugely. That has seen charges five thousand percent of Medicare there, um, and a and a vaginal birth at this hospital that they were already going to before we got involved. So we weren't going to change the care right. for them. Um, was a vaginal birth is thirty five thousand dollars at this hospital. Wow. Okay. So even if you were working with UMR United Healthcare, you might get 50, 60% off that, right? Discount off of what, as we've mm-hmm. talked about before. We were able to get a cash price for $8,350 negotiated up front, paid 30 days in advance. And that's about 126% of Medicare. Right. And our pro and our plan at hospitals we don't have direct contracts with pays about 150% of Medicare. So we not only save the health plan, the hospital, more money, the member also gets 50% of that savings to offset any cost they have. And we have a very rich benefit plan, so there's not a lot out of pocket for them, but there is some out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So they benefit. The employer saves a lot of money, uh, obviously, from it. They like it. They're better off. And our cost and quality company doing the cash transaction, they get paid a fee. So right. all three parties' um, goals or to- or interest are totally aligned, which never happens in healthcare. Yeah. It's the misalignment's the big problem. And there is no balanced billing to the member. So with a community with a per capita um, annual income of around twenty five thousand, you just saved that member um, from you know, essentially having to clean out their savings account. Max just, their out-of-pocket. Right, ch- just to pay their out-of-pocket expense. I mean, that's just huge. We could have a whole podcast just on that fact right there, just the the whole issue of the social determinants of health that everybody loves to talk about, you, you know, having a median income uh, in this country with a uh, maximum out of pocket that you you know that you can have on these affordable care act plans um, th- that's a recipe for bankruptcy and you just came and took that right off the table that's all for today join us again next time for part two with carl schusler Thank you for joining our important discussion as we attempt to hashtag Let's Fix Healthcare. Please subscribe to our podcast and let us know what you think. For more information on the work we do at Custom Benefit Solutions, visit our website at www.custombenefits.work.